What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin! Bruno! I am very sorry about your Cowboys. Just have to get that out of the way. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm food. sorry. Yeah, it didn't turn out very well at all. But I've moved on. I have moved on completely. All the, I mean, I, honestly, Kevin. T- tough night for the Grizzlies, too. That oh, night as well, yeah. I look, mean. you're lucky. I'm you're lucky. I'm still doing this show. I almost ab- abandoned sports. How many Cowboys Grizzlies fans are there aside from the Vernons? There's probably not too many in the world, are they? Or are there a yeah, bunch? more than you would think. Just in mm-hmm. in some place like um, Memphis, um, so America's team for Dallas. Well, and Memphis is one of those cities that has not had an NFL team. Yeah. So I think in any city that you go to, if there is not a hometown NFL team, you are going to find a dramatic amount of Cowboys, Steelers, and Raiders fans. And that all goes back to those teams being premier teams in the 70s, then it getting passed down from your father, or or maybe 49ers fans too because the Tennessee Titans were like they were like what 99 2000 they moved to from yeah Houston, and, right? and they're in yeah. Nashville and there's of kind course. of a rivalry so, yes exactly yep. you know not the same deal all right yep. we got to open with trade rumors because you're writing about trade rumors and you got some info on this stuff um saw your report on the Clippers and Van Vliet and Lowry and then there's this whole. Pascal and OG Ananobi maybe less likely to be moved from Toronto. Um, and so let me hear what you what you know on this. Why uh why are the Clippers enthused about maybe possibly taking a run at one of those two guys? So a couple of weeks back, maybe a month ago or so, Mark Stein wrote on his Substack that the Clippers like Mike Conley with the Utah Jazz. Um, basically, I'm just adding on that they're also like Fred Van Vliet with the Toronto Raptors. Kyle Lowry with the Miami Heat because they want to improve that point guard position. They're also looking for a backup center behind Ivatsa Zubats, who started the year unbelievable. Like we talked about him back in December. Like this guy looks like all defensive, you know, player. But he's fallen off. Ty Lu had mentioned how he's fatigued playing a career high in minutes. Zubats admitted that he's tired. So he's playing a career high in minutes, 29, 30 minutes per game right now. They want to get him back down to the lower 20s, help him stay ready for the postseason. So they're in the market for some centers out there as well. Isaiah Hartenstein, who was with the Clippers the last two years, signed with the Knicks. They do have interest in getting him back. Uh, if New York did want to give him up and Hardenstein's in some weird role that doesn't fit his style. He was a playmaker 
off the Clippers bench last year. He doesn't get touches now. So the Clippers are trying to, they're go on, going all in here. They're trying to improve the backup center spot in the point guard position, which are their two main weaknesses. When you get Kawhi Leonard averaging like 37 and five on elite efficiency the past you know couple of weeks, Paul George playing at an all-star level, they got a lot of pieces. They just have to make some moves around the edges. So I was a little surprised at some of the reporting on this, that teams that are interested in Van Vliet, the Toronto Star at one point said that one team at least had offered three first-rounders for OG and Anobi, oh, yeah, yeah. and then followed it up by saying, and the price would theoretically be higher for Van Vliet. And the only reason that is a little surprising because Ananobi's on a much better contract, right? Like, you're going to have to pay Fred, and he just turned down over $100 million. You know, that's why they're kind of in this situation where he was going to have this extension possibly with, Toronto, but he's he's not happy with that number. And so, you know, do you think you do have to give up as much in order to get Van Vliet? And it does, maybe I'm crazy here, but doesn't it feel like everybody's throwing out these, here's what it would take to get these guys. And then when it comes down to it, that's honestly not what it takes to get these guys. We were in the the Wizards won a first rounder for Rui Hachimura just a week ago, right? Yeah. Like you could probably find that story. And then when it comes down to it, they gave him Chris Dunn and some second rounders. And just the and 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 by the way, another guy up for a contract. So if you're making a decision, you're not going to be paying this guy. You've got to kind of get what you can for him. Um, so I wonder, what do you think the price is if the, if the Clippers they can have they can have all the interest they want. In somebody like Fred VanVleet, but what is, what do you think the price is from anybody in order to attain a guy like that? I think with OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, what's been reported is accurate. It's like three or four first round picks or young players of near equal value. The price is high from the Raptors side of things. And the, the little nugget that I put in the Clippers article today was how it seems like, you know, NBA executives around the league right now are thinking, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, less likely to be moved considering the enormous price. Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent, more likely to be moved because they're upcoming free agents. They're going to they're gonna hit the market. They have player options for next year. They both can hit the market in just a couple of months. So it's a lower price, more acquirable. In Toronto, when you look at their roster, the way they're building right now, they may also benefit from moving off from one of those guys as well. Hmm. Trent could help somebody. For He's sure. a good player, as, man. As can Fred. Yeah, of course. Van Vliet's a championship player. And and Trent is a bucket getter. Like, that guy can get really hot. Good shooter off the catch. So what you're saying is the deal would be Westbrook and Picks, and they end up with Van Vliet and Trent. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, why would Toronto do that, though? That's a great return. 27 and 29, those are valuable picks. And then the Westbrook deal just falls off? I don't I don't think the, the return for Van Vliet is going to be, or Trent, is going to be anything major. Those guys can be free agents in a couple of months. And if, if, the Miller, if the Miller aspect does turn out to be the case, you know, there, there's, you know, mutual benefit there if he's saying, you know, I'm probably going to go to L.A. this summer. But what about on the Clippers side? What can the Clippers give up that would possibly entice Toronto? Because that was the original team mentioned that they they would have some interest in Lowry or Fred. I mean, basically, they can offer one future first-round draft pick. That, that's, that's like what all they can do. So it could it'd have to be something like a Kennard, Mann, Boston, future first, second for Van Vliet. That, I, I don't think that's as strong of a deal overall than the two picks that the Lakers could offer. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because you just had that Lakers deal that went down yesterday. That kind of... We'll see if it gets trade season going or not. But the Rui Hachimura deal where basically Chris Dunn and some picks, uh, second rounders, and they end up with Rui Hachimura. And I found it interesting, uh, you know, Jake Fisher talked about how this could kind of complicate some future plans that go on with the Lakers because of the money situation, that they may not have the amount of money that you would think in this offseason, like if they're looking for free agency, 
talked about, you know, it, I mean, if you're, there's a cap hold that's pretty significant on Hachimura. Well, that's and why so, they might be making the deal now. They might be making their free agent move in the next couple of weeks for Van Bleet or somebody else. And that's just how they do it. And then, yeah. are, but are you, are you able to pay both? Do you think uh, Hachimura is just not yeah. a rental, is he? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they plan to re-sign Hachimura. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was, I mean, I don't want to call it a bidding war. They gave up none and free picks, but, you know, I believe Mark Stein had, was the first to report that the Suns were another team that was in on Hachimura. I've heard the Pacers are another team. So there were multiple teams that wanted Hachimura from the Wizards. So, you know, for the Lakers, they, they had to give up more than whatever they initially offered for Rui. And I would assume their intentions are to keep him long-term. Look, these, these are the type of players, you know, they have all these guys that have been around the league a long time. Rui Hachimura is exactly the type of player the Lakers should be investing in. He's still young. He's shown flashes in an up-and-down situation with changing environment, system, personnel around him every year of his career so far. And granted, he has not worked out anywhere as much as the Wizards could have hoped for in four years. These type of young upside guys who have shown something are what the Lakers should be targeting now because maybe they do turn to something more consistent when they're surrounded by the best talent of their entire career. And for the Wizards side of things, like he wanted out. Like the deal yeah, I would agree with isn't you. bad either. I mean, I, I, I would think just like be, my, my only concern would be that that's all it takes to get this guy. I know. It's I mean, ninth, it's a ninth, ninth pick, pick in the yeah. draft. And 30 points over the weekend. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But I mean, he had, he's also had a career so far, right? So, I mean, we could talk about one game or we could talk about what's happened throughout his career. For sure. And he has not been good overall. Yeah. And I'm always worried about when you have to isolate one thing. And that was kind of what happened with him, where it's like, oh, well, he shoots 41% on catch and shoot threes. It's like, yeah. okay. But like, there's a, the, like, you also got to play defense. You also got to play offense. <laughs> Chris, uh, here's the thing with Ruby, though, right? Like, He's played for some iffy teams, and he's shown flashes of being a versatile defender. And it just has not happened consist consistently at all for him with Washington. He's been kind of a loof-off ball sometimes, which is an issue for him at Gonzaga as well. That might be something that is always a problem for Rui mm -hmm. Hachimura. But now we also, assuming AD can come back and be healthy and be the, you know, the top 10 player he was prior to his, his absence, if you have AD behind you, some of those flaws just don't matter as much. Just like on offense, the, the inconsistency as a creator, right, as a guy on ball, doesn't matter as much when you're playing next to LeBron James and maybe a Van Vliet or at least, a, you know, like, right? Like, if that happens, suddenly those weaknesses don't matter as much. And those positives, the fact that the one thing he did get better at since college was spot-up shooting. That was the issue for him. He was 36%, you know, this season, 30, 30, 40 plus percent last year, 34% the year prior to that. So he's been up and down. Last year might be an outlier. But overall, the last three years, he's shooting 39% on catch and shoot threes. That's better than what the Lakers have had as yeah. an option spacing the floor. And he retains size, right? Like he's not just a small guard to throw out there. He's big. Like Rui Hachimura is 6'8", 230 pounds. Well, that size to me, there. honestly, he didn't give up anything. No, I mean, you gave up second-round picks. and Even if those, you didn't re-sign him in the offseason, it's like, all right, we gave up Kendrick Nunn and a I couple bet, picks. I bet they re-sign him. I, I, I bet they do. But even if they didn't, what I'm saying oh, is for sure. what you gave up, it's not some kind of... You're, you're not going to rue the day that you for gave sure. up you know, <laughs> Kendrick Nunn and some picks. Yeah. Those seconds could be pretty good. I mean, it was better than the picks the Suns offered. The Suns only offered their own, to my understanding. And, uh, and, the, and, and, the, and the Pacers weren't, you know, offering anything as good as either of them. So, Lakers, I mean, it's a good deal. It's a good deal for the Lakers. And, and it's unfortunate for the Wizards they were in the position that they were. But Kyle Kuzma, you know, he stole the role. Kyle Kuzma's been so good for the Wizards. And that limited Rui's opportunities, uh, they're, you know, they kind of had to move off of him. Otherwise, he was going to bounce himself. Yeah, and so he now finds a new lease on life playing for the Lakers, and there's some buzz out there that Bogdanovich is still in their sights as a guy that they might want to attain. Um, you know, with you bringing up the Van Vliet thing and the Gary Trent thing, and then who knows what happens with uh, you know Westbrook, the, the name has come up. You just brought it up with the Toronto thing. There's a 
San Antonio rumors that are out there about them talking about a possible Westbrook deal. I, I mean, the best utilization of that pick, it seems as if the Lakers very well may use that pick. Mm. Doesn't it seem that way? All these, all the yeah. stock. And it's a choice of how do we want to use it? Do we want to team that up with a bigger package? Do we want to use that to try to attain, you know, a Bogdanovich type of deal? Or do we want to do it in something bigger? But it does seem like, like they're loaded up and we'll try to get AD back and they just grabbed Hachimura and they're going to try to, they're going to try to throw together the win now team. And they know that what they got right now is not good enough. And so that they are going to, they, there's just too much smoke right now. They're doing something that that roster is yeah. going to get turned over a little bit. I, I mean, like whether it's Bogdanovich or Van Vliet or whoever, if, if they have LeBron James, who has just been like, how is he doing this at his age? <laughs> it's, it's nuts. And if AD were to come back in February and I mean, who knows if he can stay healthy, he's always an injury risk. But if he did, like yep. he did in the 2020 bubble. If you can surround those guys with a Van Vliet and a Trent and, you know, Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves, Pat Beverly, Dennis Schroeder, Thomas Bryant bringing energy off the bench, Rui Hachimura, that's a team that will be in title contention. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you're able to bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three-pointers drained to futures bets like MVP, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout using same-game parlays. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, using the promo code MISMATCH. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable free bet that expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Connecticut, visit ccpg.org forward slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. On the other side of this, which is what, what we have not talked about with the Rui deal, is the Wizards. Do you think that that's a signal that they're going to start? Do you think this is an isolated Rui thing? He wanted out. He yeah, wanted or do out. you think that the, the Wizards, though, are going to, maybe not fire sale, but that they're going to be a seller and that you're going to be able to go get guys? There's all these reports that they want to and believe they can re-sign Kuzma in the offseason. Um, who knows what happens with the Porzingis thing? Like you never really know with them and, and what could happen with them. But I am I am a little surprised uh, that we haven't heard much about the Wizards thing. I know he was discontent. I know that we've heard Rui's name for a long time, but they're faltering. They're not going anywhere. And so do you think that people are going to be going and trying to get other things from the Wizards and that the Wizards are going to be eager sellers? I mean, in that same Jake Fisher report you had alluded to earlier, he said the Wizards have told inquiring teams such as the Hawks and Suns that Kuzma is not available for trade. Mm. I mean, I've heard similar that that's the type of conversations they're having, that they want to keep Kuz and build with him and Beal and KP and all that. You know, I don't think that's necessarily the right decision, but that seems to be the path they're going down. So I think this was more an isolated move to answer your question with Rui, and he just wanted out and they got the best they could for him, and now they're probably going to keep trying to do what they've been doing, which is win enough to make a playoff spot and get roasted into the first round. Somebody told me the other, uh, maybe like a week ago, out of nowhere, and there has been some buzz about Will Barton getting bought out, and that if he does possibly get bought out, that just keep an eye on Bucks yeah. or Nets. He's fallen, off a cliff. It's, huh? I, 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 he's fallen off a cliff. 
I mean, granted, he's just not getting the minutes anymore. But still. but if he gets but if he gets bought out, if Barton does get bought out by the Wizards, there's at least a couple teams to look out for. Mm, okay. That's all I'm saying. That's what yeah. I was told. Yeah. You know, interesting with Barton because that'd be uh, look. There's a high energy guy, good locker mm-hmm. room guy. Yeah, good. I don't dude. think his career his career's not done. I hope not. I hope not. No. It, it, like just in the last year or so, was Denver wasn't as good. Not as good, but he's still he, he he could still have value, and he's still he's kind of guy that I would want on a playoff team. I, yeah, as like as you're a like tenth or eleventh guy. Yeah, 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 energy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the like, same like way, throw, like throw him in every couple games. You're not counting on him to be one of your leading shot takers. You don't want him out there every night. But there's a night that he could get you 17 off the bench. Yeah, that you know maybe takes you over the takes you over the hump. Um. So who knows? So yeah, uh, who knows? Who you, you never know what the hell's going on with the Wizards. Um, other rumors out there. What do you make of that Westbrook Spurs thing? I just th- I just think it's another indication of the Lakers are finding whatever they can. Like they're lo- yeah. they're looking for the best deal possible, and that's it. Like whether it's a big San Antonio package or whether it's something with Utah or the Toronto thing that we've been discussing. They're, you know, turning over every stone looking for the best deal possible for Russell Westbrook. And if they can find it at a price that makes sense, they'll do it. Um, but we'll see how this actually plays out over the next couple of weeks. It'd be crazy to see Westbrook in a Spurs uniform. Yeah, I mean, do you think they'd keep him like, and try to restore no. his value? Or do you think they'd just buy him out immediately? I, I think they'd probably buy him out, right? You think so? It's kind yeah. of where they are in their in their team building. Maybe. They are at the give us you know, let's get some assets in order to take on your contracts and then we will, you know, the same way Presti did it a couple of years ago with Oklahoma City. You could trade him your guy, he'd get the assets, and then either sit him or buy him out. Let's let's say that were to happen. Let's just say Russ gets traded to the Spurs and then he gets bought out. What what team do you think would want to sign Russell Westbrook for the remainder of the season? Like, what are the teams that make most sense for him? Uh, you're having a hard time. <laughs> I mean, somebody that needs, you know, can he accept being the backup guy? Miami? Depending on what you did with Lowry, I think. I mean, I do think there's a value to him if you, you know, what what kind of role is it? Was this a great behavior because it was the means to another contract? And so... He would be willing to, like, are we just at that stage where he is willing to be that guy that comes off the bench? Because it is a, it's a very valuable thing to have, especially if we're talking like the buyout market. For God's sakes. How about the Clippers? He's an upgrade over Wall, at the least, and over Jackson. Probably. And maybe a little insurance on the uh, fact that one of those guys probably ain't going to make it through yeah. full playoff rounds. He was great with Paul George. He was. Yeah. They played great together. The year that Paul George played with him, he almost won the damn MVP. Yeah, I think Clippers Heat are the teams that make the most sense, just off the top of my head. All right. Those are good ones. How about the Suns and what they're looking for? There's that Mark Stein report. They were in there with the Van Vliet stuff, then Terry Rozier, Emmanuel Quickly's name came up in that report. Uh, You know, Suns kind of finding some Chris Paul insurance. On this, do you like any of those names in regards to the Suns? Are you surprised that those are the names we're talking about? I think that's all solid. I mean, are I, those I think backup we, guys. I mean, that's what you're looking for, and 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 is it somebody you're going into the future with? Yeah, I mean, they they get the Sarge expiring deal to offer. You know, nine million. They can be a little flexible with that. They get the Crowder deal, ten point two million dollars. They want they they need they want a wing back. They they want a wing ideally, but. They damn well should be looking for Chris Paul insurance. No, I'm just saying, like, are those guys that you would want to go if we're thinking about, like, okay, oh, yeah, past, yeah. past the Chris Paul era? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Quickly, I mean, Quickly's a good player, but and he's not. And Terry Rozier? Like, yeah, th- th- yeah, to no, me. They're, they're, they're guys who help you now. They're not, they're not, you know, building blocks. Yeah, I know, but like, to, uh, to me, if you, if you make, if you try to get a move for Van Vliet, that's like, okay. Here's our heir apparent. Here's sure. the guy that we're going to have if taking over. Yes, yes. If it's if you're Van making Lee, a yes. deal for Terry or, or quickly, that's like, this is basically 
our new campaign because we don't know what the score is with campaign, right? Sure, of course. If it's quickly, yeah, that's the case. But I mean, ultimately, I mean, look, look, with Emmanuel quickly, I, I think the Knicks is going to be playing Jalen Brunson with quickly more often. I know on paper that's a smaller backcourt, but quickly has been really good when provided opportunities this year. I like right? him. I mean, his de- his defense has been spectacular. Uh, I, I'm surprised Tom Thibodeau, with how much he loves defense, isn't playing quickly 37 minutes per game. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, if we had a dollar for every time we've said we don't understand why Tom Thibodeau blank over the course of the last several years, <laughs> you know what I mean? We'd be the richest people in the world. We went, we, went, we, went, we went a long time going, why is he playing Evan Fournier every night? Like what is going on? The here? The, the Isaiah Isaiah Hardenstein stuff is puzzling because yeah. you you look at his role with the Clippers the last year last year he was basically you know bringing the ball up the floor running DHOs his assist percentage was over twenty now with the Knicks like it's screen roll be a traditional center even though that's not what you are and the role that you've earned a contract. With like like the Knicks wanted at heart and seen to be doing the things that he's doing did for the Clippers and he's doing none of it, none of it at all and he's struggling and Knicks fans hate him and they're fed up with him and rightfully so because he stinks in the role that he's been given and that you know it's unfortunate like he should be performing better he is underwhelmed with the role he's been given but at the same time like it's nothing that he had like with under Ty Lue last year where he played the best basketball of his entire life so I mean with the Knicks. I mentioned the Clippers like Hartenstein. I wonder how many other teams could be in on him. Sign him as a free agent just hasn't worked out. Uh, I, I, you know, a lot of blame goes to the head coach there with Hartenstein, just like it does with Quickly and everything else in his career. All right. Uh, all right. So some things that came Who, out. Who's, of, who's better, Chris? Who? Tom Thibodeau or Mike McCarthy? Oh, I mean, you've got to give the nod to McCarthy simply because of the Super Bowl <laughs> ring, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, Some things that came out of last night. Are the Magic and for, the for Celtics tip, killers? Tibbs has one as an assistant. So what? <laughs> we're, 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 we're giving out accolades for assistant coach I'm just, championships? I'm just throwing it out there. It was with the OA Celtics. That's all. The Magic. <laughs> You just wanted to get away from this. Are the Magic the Celtics killers? <laughs> Such a weird deal. The oh. Celtics have 13 losses all year. Three of them are to the Magic. Is that funny? <laughs> it's crazy. And they ended the Celtics' nine-game win streak. Who would have ever imagined that the Celtics got this awesome win streak going and it's nine games cracking on, and the team you don't want to see on the schedule is <laughs> the Magic? <laughs> because... Better of hope the 13 they don't losses in. you've taken, three of them are to Orlando. Um, who knows? Bad matchups, maybe taking it. I, who knows? Sometimes it could just be bad matchups. But it's a fascinating one, to say the least. And last night was super interesting because the pretty bright future magic. Oh, very, very bright. Yeah. Jonathan Isaac back Woo. in the fold. Wow. Crazy. Two years. What'd you think? Oh, he looked awesome. He looked so good. He he had a he had a sequence last night that I tweeted out where he hit a spot up three pointer, then ran back on defense, man to man on the perimeter, stripped Jalen Brown, then he took the ball the other way and assisted one of his teammates. And it was just, you know, a great sequence that was like, Oh yeah, this is the guy prior to his injury that everybody was saying has all D caliber ability on defense and is trending up on offense. You know, last night, shoots the ball well from behind the arc, two of three, looked good offensively, made smart plays, rebounded, played great defense. He looks like a guy who is indeed healthy and is still only 25 years old, one of the best defensive players in basketball pre-injury. They get that guy back at 6'10", was hit with his length with already Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, Wendell Carter, Bull Bull. Oh, my goodness. The lineups they'll be able to throw out there. I don't know if you remember this, but years ago, the Orlando Magic, when you and I were at Summer League, they put out like an Instagram post where they quoted me and they had this picture of Jonathan Isaac. And then it said, like, quote, uh, he was by far 
the best player on the floor. It was like there were there one guy at one level and nine at another level. And it was us talking about Jonathan Isaac that we had just watched at Summer League that that year where he had come back to Summer League. And I mean, that's like honestly like my last memory of him that stands out and watching that night and being like, oh, this dude is going to be awesome. And then just, he was gone. Yeah. And then he shows back up last night. And it's like, you just don't see that. It's really like two and a half years, right? Yeah. Been a long time. Long time. And, and, and he looks good, man. I mean, like I think with Orlando, on one hand, you could say, oh, they have too many big players. Like they have too many. I, I don't think so. I, I think with Orlando, like those names I just threw out there, like like imagine Bancaro and Wagner, they can run the offense primarily with Isaac and Bull at forward slash wing, Carter at the five. Like those are all guys who are at six nine at a minimum. Mm-hmm. And there's skill on the floor with Wagner and Bancaro, ball handling, playmaking ability. I, I hope at some point we see them throw out that lineup for extended minutes, extended minutes, even start a game for that matter. Even though, you know, right now you're not going to pull Markel Fultz from the starting five. That guy's been awesome for Orlando. After his first week, I remember us talking about him shooting the ball well from three. Still at 37%, Chris. Not bad. Looking, looking good on a really low volume. Markel Fultz is legit good right now for Orlando. He's he's found himself. He's figured out how to be a successful NBA player without being, you know, number one pick, 25 points per game. Fultz is good. And, uh, you know, you got to give him credit for being able to figure things out after the horrific start to his career. It's a lot of fun to watch him. And the best thing you could say about a team like that that does not have some great record is on the average league pass night. They're fun to watch. Oh, they're, they're so fun. fun. I, love, fun. I, love, I love watching the Magic. They're one of my favorite teams to throw on. Yeah, they're fun to watch. Sure. Another team that's been super fun to watch this year has been the Kings. They cracked the Grizzlies over the head. and Oh, man. They're now third with a three-game lead on fifth. And obviously, the reason that that is important is because whenever you are uh, high-ranked record-wise, you want to know what the distance is between you and home court advantage. And, I mean, they got three-game lead on fifth right now. So with less than half the season left, it's in the cards that not only could the Kings be a playoff team, but they could be a home court advantage playoff team. And last night, I mean, they, I don't think the Grizzlies scored for like the last 10 minutes of the game. And they got, they beat them by <laughs> and, and, 33. It didn't, it didn't get a stop for the first 12 minutes of the game. But 12 threes in a quarter. <laughs> they just. Kings I mean, had 47 in the first quarter. It was they non-stop. hit 12 threes. <laughs> It's a record. It's Can't do that. 12 threes yeah. in one quarter. They just could not miss a shot. And this is one of the lessons for this young Grizzlies team, for sure, is that they have gone on the road now, and they started with that L.A. deal that everybody was watching with the Shannon Sharp game, which we'll get back to in a minute. <laughs> then they got beat in that, then they went out to Phoenix, and they got beat. And then they turned around, they went to Sacramento, and they got beat. This is all coming off an 11-game win streak. Yeah. And it is one of those, like, this is when you have to learn about professionalism. You got a team of a bunch of 23-year-old guys. Like, fine, if you guys want to go out and live it up when you're on the road and playing in L.A. and playing in Phoenix, whatever, but you have to, like, your job is to be able to perform that night and I mean, let me tell you, Kevin, I've been covering them for over 20 years. You tune those things on, you watch the first quarters. Let's just say that's not a team that appeared to have been paying attention to their nutrition, hydration, and sleep over the course of <laughs> this West Coast road trip, to say the least. It's not an excuse because you're a professional and you got to be able to do it. But I mean, we've seen many teams succumb to the West Coast road trips. Uh, and I mean, that was... You can see it coming from a mile away on an 11-game win streak. You're going to go out there. And then you have this totally bizarre L.A. game where 
I honestly, like, I know we're past the Shannon Sharp stuff and he's done this three-minute apology or whatever else. Should have been 30 I, seconds. <laughs> I still can't believe it happened. I know, I really I can't, can't. <laughs> Like, I don't think we'll ever see anything like that happen again. <laughs> Where a fan is, like, aggressively pointing at, and I'm aware the fan is a, Hall of Famer, the fan yeah, is... A, bl- a blogger, according to Dylan Brooks. A regular pedestrian. <laughs> which, I know people out there can get mad about that. That is objectively funny. It's funny. As you know, I'm especially, always Especially a fan. dressed up the way he was. Yes. The, the, <laughs> Damn near a leotard. Yeah, I know. I, it was hilarious. I am always a fan of the bad guy wrestler stuff, oh, yeah, as everybody too. knows. Oh, it's and great. And the reaction of people like, Unk is a Hall of Famer, and you better you better understand, like, bro. Be serious. It's Relax. funny. That's it's funny. Really, it was hilarious. Objectively funny to call a guy yeah. a blogger and a regular pedestrian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw a tweet saying that Dylan Brooks looks like he was dressing like Brock Lesnar. He did. <laughs> I, my favorite one was the one that asked him, snapped at the bottom. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that uh, tanked up the head on. But look, they... That was a weird deal, and, <laughs> you know, odd precedent, to say the least. Um, there's a lot of people out there that think that whether it was for attention or whatever the case may be, that that, that was not just completely organic the way it played out, and he got the amount of attention that he got. In that scenario, the quote just so bizarre. And I don't, Shannon Sharp's kind of in this weird place where he's a generally, I think, beloved guy on Twitter. People people like him. Twitter like Shannon Sharp. Yeah. Right. And so I think he gets, it gets treated differently. And also, people really resent or dislike the Grizzlies right now. I do wonder if it happened to another team, what the reaction would be. But like, the idea that anyone, any fan with a ticket would get aggressive towards a team as if he's on the team. Like, the, even those quotes to Dave McMenamin. Oh, the like, quotes I don't amazing. like the way they were talking about, like, so what? Well, well, like, how you're about, not how on the other the, team. How about when he said the dad came and didn't want no problems, but I wanted anything they had. Don't let these fools fool you now. <laughs> you notice he didn't mention Stephen Adams. <laughs> oh, he did not mention Adams. No. Steven Adams is like the kind of guy that like hunts wild boars with a knife. <laughs> like that's a with different, a knife. Well, how about with his yeah. bare hands? Yeah, with bare hands. It's a different kind of deal. We had a debate the other day if we we wondered if like he could be jump scared. <laughs> anybody like can be he, jump scared. Anybody. You think so? Yeah, anybody. Do you think if you were like around a corner and Steven Adams walking down the hall and you jumped out from behind the corner, you went ah like that? It, wait, I can never foresee a circumstance where he's like, oh, I can't. I can't <laughs> see it. I really don't think he would. I think it's kind of a guy that like a poisonous snake could come up to him and he would just like grab it by its head. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever done it or anything, but I mean, he just, I don't know. He's a different dude. He is a different dude. But I don't know. Look, obviously... <laughs> Uh, be it from Memphis, I'm going to view something one way. I want your opinion. What do you think when you saw Shannon Sharp and the Grizzlies getting into it at an NBA game? And like having like security is in the middle of it. Well, like you said, Chris, I love the wrestling aspect of it. It was great drama. It was hilarious. It made me laugh. I, I like just cackled at the quote that Evic yes. shared from Sharp. Uh, I think for the NBA, it's strange that Sharp was allowed back to his seat. That part does shock me. That felt like celebrity, you know, preferential treatment there. Whereas if this happened with a a true regular pedestrian, as Dylan Brooks said, to take his term, no that way. person, that person, there's no way they're allowed back at their seat. They're probably banned from coming to games for the rest of the season. So that part was a little strange to me that that precedent was set for, you know, high profile celebrity you know, can get into it with players and then be allowed back, especially after allowing the quote where pretty much he said, I'm ready to fight. (laughs) Where anybody that if they stood up 
at a game. Imagine like a just like you said, a fan. Yeah. Maybe it's some big swole guy, like a big steroid guy. Yeah. And he stands up and he's pointing at whatever other team. He's like, you want some of this? Come right here. Pointing right in front of him. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, he's gone. He's out of the game. Uh, for life. Yeah. He's out of there. For life. Yep. If how you about, said, how about come LeBron, here right now. How about LeBron posting the photo of Shannon Sharp, even, even though, like, you know, others have asked for players to be thrown out for any particular People reason. People think you he know? set it up. <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> Memphis people think that? Shannon was a guest of him at the game. Oh, really? Yeah. And he wasn't sitting by Rich and all the rest of them. He was sitting directly across from the Grizzlies bench. You don't think they can get, they can get tickets wherever they want to. And then I was told LeBron's a reason he got back in. Ah. Uh-huh. LeBron's a reason he got back in in the second half. Really? Huh. You don't think he's got power? So- sources say. That's well, and then he came out. Uh, look, I don't, made you don't post. have to speak out of school. Go yeah. watch the press conference afterwards. Oh, he loved it. I follow him to the abyss. I love him. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's That's so my guy. 24-7. Yeah. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Remember? 365, 366 on leap years. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. He said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not like what, anybody would think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, not like, at all. That obviously wasn't some average relationship. How about how about Shannon Sharp apologizing to his stylist during that three minute apology? That that was really funny. And the yeah, I, did any <laughs> did anybody know? I mean, I know the cardigan got a lot of love or <laughs> whatever. So funny. But I mean, I don't. That just seems like such a insulated deal where. <laughs> I don't know who anybody's stylist is, bro. <laughs> no, Do you? so good. No, Do you know no who anybody's stylist is? Have you ever worked with a stylist? What? I, I, I'm just asking. I'm curious. Have you ever? No. no what? A sty- no. <laughs> I'm just curious. If you ever have. I'm just wondering. I, I just never, asking the no. question. That must no. be kind of fun. Kind of going I, to like a store with a stylist or something like that. And that'd be a good time. I'm like a French Montana. No stylist. Um, yeah, they, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. He apologized to everybody in the world. Yeah. Clay, yeah. Look, everybody. It's yeah, literally, fine. Literally it's everybody. Hey, everybody. Even oh, you know what's going to happen, right? Shannon Sharp and T. Moran are going to be sitting next to each other at a, at a Memphis game. Oh, no Mark doubt about it. Or, or, or like no way next, around it. Or if there's a series. 100%. Yeah. Even if there's not a series. Yeah. Shannon Sharp will be in Memphis, dapping it up with the Morants. It's, I, I know the way this all goes. So it's all well that ends. Oh, and, and so then he's on the crazy. side of the the Grizzlies and the Lakers, and and that's yeah. gonna happen. Yes, and maybe he could try to fight another team. I don't know. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> um. So, anyways, the Kings. Let me get back to them. <laughs> it's easily the best story of the NBA. Oh yeah, I mean we, we've talked about it every week, which is awesome for the first time in our seven year history. Yeah. <laughs> And congrats to Mike Brown for the job that he has done thus far. And here's praying that they stay injury-free because I love the story. And they are fun to watch, man. They are fun to watch. And you know what? Every once in a while when you see these good teams get cracking, it's some guy, you'll you'll be watching a game and you'll be like, you know, I, I really liked Denver Trey Lyles. And then I thought it was going to work in San Antonio, and it never took. And there he was last night, and he's just bombing threes and grabbing rebounds and, you know, getting on the boards, deflecting shots. And I'm like, you know, this guy always kind of struck me as a guy that, you know, big guy who fights for rebounds but could also shoot from a distance and, like, they could have some real value. And I don't know what the hell has, has happened. But he's found a spot. Yeah. He's found a spot, and he's mega helpful. They got just a bunch of good guys on that team. Yeah, I mean, Lyles has had some, you know, good stretches throughout his career, but never put it together at the level that he has right now with Sacramento. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another thing from last night, or this week rather, is the Minnesota thing. It feels so frustrating to everyone involved. And our buddy John Krasinski, I mean, one of the tweets where I was like, oh my gosh, it was something, I'll paraphrase, another inexplicable loss in a season of inexplicable loss, just an unserious team. And I was like, oh no, I, I may have to steal that one. Just an unserious team. And that's because they lost last night to a Houston team that had lost 13 straight games. And so they're down. They're counting on Ant to be their leader, which I've talked so many times about since the absence of Pat Beverly. They need, like, that's the team I said should go after a Lowry or somebody like that. A vocal veteran leader is what they need, in my estimation. And there's a bunch of these teams that are not that far off from being much better than they are. And they're part of nine, that T-Wolves team, nine teams that are within two and a half games of each other from fifth through 13th right now. And when I was trying to go through it, getting ready for this show, Kev, it's hard to figure out, like, if any of them are going to sell off and go the other way. It kind of feels like Houston and San Antonio kind of have that to themselves as the bottom out. Western Conference teams, but the rest of them, because even with that nine that I just mentioned, the the one that's played the best of all of them recently is Oklahoma City. They're the ones that have played uh, the best, and they're like, I mean, they've got as many as 13 first-round picks over the last, next five years, so they can get in any discussion they want to about anything when you got up to 13 picks in the next five years. And I was reading uh, yesterday an article that said uh, with um, Gildas Alexander that he has developed into one of the best players alive. 30.7 points, 5.5 assists, 4.8 rebounds, 1.7 steals, and 1.1 blocks are matched only by 87-88 Jordan Hmm. at the age of 24. Wow. What the hell? Like, when you put it into that, and I know numbers are inflated now, but bro, come on. Yeah, still. It doesn't doesn't matter if they're inflated. It's still remarkable. It's 87-88. It's 25 years ago. Or more than that. More than 25 years ago. What am I talking about? It's almost 40 years ago at this point. Crazy, crazy what he has done this year. And so that's what I'm saying, Kev. If they're there, if they're amongst those nine teams that I mentioned, like, and I know that they've been playing great recently. You know, on the other side, you got that Phoenix team, which they have lost like 17 of their last 25. And we'll get news on Booker hopefully sooner than later. Like, do you think any of those, and I know you had kind of mentioned Portland in passing, but any of those teams between 5 and 13 in the West, are you confident that any of them are just going to go in the, we're going to start losing games these last 
30 games um, and get in the lottery mix more so than try to make a run for this play in. I don't think any of them will. None of them. None of them. None of them. None of them bail on this season. No, I don't think so. I um, mean, I I, th- I think I think for Dallas, like it's pretty clear just to go through them. Five Dallas, they're committed to trying to keep winning. Clippers, we talked about them already earlier at six. They're trying to go for it all. They don't have their pick anyway. You know, the Jazz at seven. Maybe they're the team that trades some of their guys of all of them. Utah with Conley and, you know, maybe some of the others are even on a Linux or if an offer for Vanderbilt is so strong they can't say no, maybe Utah. But even They then, will. They'll trade. Yeah, I, th- I think Utah. Um, okay. Phoenix, no. They're trying to improve. They're trying to win a title. Minnesota, no. They don't have their pick. It's unprotected. They're already trying to, you know, win games. They committed to go bear. You know, like it or not, they did. And, you know, hopefully Cat gets back and they get fixed. Warriors, they're going for a title. The Thunder, they're just young and good. It's not like they have some veterans to trade off. They're just young and good. Lakers, obviously, they're going forward. The Blazers, you could argue that they should be a team that takes a step back. Um, But as Chris Haynes reported, they're committed to Dame. The thing with a team like Portland or OKC, somebody like that, they can... They, they they might be in a position like right now, Portland, you said how they're, you know, only two and a half games back of the five seed. Despite that, they still have the eighth best lottery odds. So even if you're close to 500 or slightly below 500 and you miss out on the playoffs, you could be the 13th seed and have great lottery odds. That's the position that a team like Portland is in where you don't have to blow it up to have good lottery odds. that That's where we are right now. So I think that's something to keep in mind for all of those teams, OKC included, where you don't, you don't have to blow it up. And by the way, there's no catch in San Antonio or Houston. Those teams have such a big cushion right now. They could also trade veterans. Gordon, Eric Gordon with Houston or Pirtle with San Antonio. These t- Those teams have vets to deal off. Um, so I think for them, you know, Houston, you're not catching Houston right now. They have a three-game lead on the Spurs. They have an 11-game lead uh, on the Blazers. Jalen Green and Alperen Shenyun aren't going to, you know, dominate every night like they did against Minnesota. Who, by the way, Jalen Green in that game, Chris, 42 points. Almost all of his points were off of actions with Shenyun, DHOs or pick and rolls like a switch or a drop coverage with Gobert, whatever it was, those guys together. I, I, I know Green's been up and down this year, but Shengun, everybody's hot with him right now. Everybody likes Shengun. He's been awesome lately. Jalen Green, I know it's been up and down, but that there's still so few players that can do the things that he can do athletically with his shooting ability, his finishing ability. I still think Jalen Green has a chance to become one of the best players in all of basketball. That, that's where I am at with him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those guys develop with their top odds as well. With the type you know, of I've said many add. times how much I have a tremendous disdain for the way Houston's doing this. It's just my opinion. I've seen it I'm, happen. I understand. I understand. And I've seen it ruin careers. Um, so I've, I'm just sensitive about it with young players. Um, you want those players to develop and develop good habits and hopefully they will. Um, I have always been a, uh, a green believer as, in terms of a, a great scorer in the league. And the Shengun thing is, is very, very promising. Mm-hmm. Um, here's hoping that, you know, I mean, that was one game out of 13. I think that you could have talked about any of the last 13 and not felt really good about them. Everybody's always going to feel good about it when it relates to the wins. Uh, but the Shengun thing, like they got a player in. They they obviously hit on that, and hopefully, uh, hopefully this this season does not take a toll on those guys, um, in developing habits that they're gonna have to break. I mean, you've seen a lot of veterans coming out talking about it recently too. Austin Rivers did on his podcast recently on the Ringer Network. Uh, you've seen Eric Gordon talk about it many many times. I think that uh, you know, just watch them play. Austin Rivers with his new show on the Ringer NBA show, yep. Off Guard. Like he's had two shows, two viral moments. Yep. <laughs> Austin, Austin Rivers has had two viral moments yeah. already. Interesting guy to say the least. Hey, he's been good. And he, hey, I, li- I listen to that show. I like it. They have great I chemistry. I am uh, always very, very appreciative of people that are unabashedly honest. He is unafraid oh, no kidding. to say what he believes. Yep. Say what he believes. 
right? Whether or not it's popular. Uh, and so, yeah, lots of rivers. I, I liked it too. Um, all right, Kev. Been a pleasure. Oh, I didn't mention to you that I did get to go to a comedy show. Oh, you went to a comedy uh, show? Was this after saw, the Cowboys lost? You I, wanted to feel happy and smile? I had to smile about something. <laughs> I had the opportunity to go to Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. Oh, wow. They're doing a five-city tour, one of which, one of the stops was in Memphis. And so I got to go to it and see it. And those are clearly two of the biggest comedians ever, ever, honestly, like ever. Um, I've watched a ton of their specials. I am uninterested in hearing people being mad about the controversies of which they have been involved in. I, I'm well aware. They've joked about all of their controversies, whether it's Chris Rock talking about Will Smith, whether it's Dave, uh, Dave Chappelle talking about different controversies he's been a part of or getting tackled on stage <laughs> at a, a concert. Like those two guys are absolutely amazing at their craft. Amazing at their craft and just getting to witness them. Um, in person was, I, I honestly, I can't believe that they're doing a tour together. It's pretty to cool to see them after yeah. I've watched them for, uh, so many years. And I, and Chappelle even said it was, how about this? He said yesterday, and man, this is going to make you feel old. And I, cause it made me feel way old. He said yesterday or no, no, no. He said two days ago was the 20 year anniversary of the debut of Chappelle show. Mm. Can you believe that's been 20 wow. years? Wow. Wow. 20, 20 years. years yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And you where, know who opened oh for him? Man. Donnell, Harvey, Ashley where, Larry. Where have all the years gone? He's the one that opened for him. Wow. But yeah. I, I think I, I, don't, I don't know. I think I started watching Chappelle's show probably the year after its first season when I was 13, not 12. Um, but man, yeah, I I watched every episode of the show. As a fan of, I, look, I've been a fan of stand up comedy since I was a little kid. Yeah. So just Me getting too. to see those two, um, it was crazy. It was crazy to get to yeah. see. Yeah, really, uh, really funny. I went to the comedy store. You ever been to the comedy store in L.A., Chris? I haven't. Uh, we get a maybe when you're out here in March. Uh, you should, you should, we should go to the comedy store uh, some night. I always have a good time there. Who'd you see? The biggest name we saw was Jeff Ross. Oh, I love uh, Jeff he, Ross. He, he was there. Very funny. Hormoz Rashidi. He opened the show. Uh, very funny. I mean, he had a great like 10 minute set to open it up. Uh, Kevin Christie, Mark Ellis, Brent Morin, Jeremiah Watkins. Those are the names. Do you feel like people tame it down now? Or do you feel like. Oh, hell no. Do you feel like the people that show up there are. No. Nah. People there looking to laugh or looking to get offended about something. People looking to laugh. That's good. I'd say so. Yeah, like I've I've been at the comedy store maybe four, five times, something like that. Hopefully, more frequently. I I, I, could, I should go there way more often. I love I love the comedy store. I Let me tell you something, friends. Yeah, I went to an absolute packed arena, and not be for the faint of heart. There is not one person in that entire arena. Between Rock and Chappelle, I'm saying both of them offended literally every person in there. <laughs> no matter what you were a part of, it made no difference. Yeah. If you were white, if you were black, if you were British, if you were, and, and you name it. Anything, yeah. Anything. Well, that's what Everything Chappelle, that's what Chappelle show always was, you know, back in the day. Everybody. So, I mean, I guess we could have all walked out of there upset. But it, was, uh, it was hilarious. Absolutely. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, day no, it's good to get day to Day after see your, your Cowboys loss, you had a, oh. you had a win at FedEx Forum with, a, Trust me. you know, riding a three-game losing streak. Oh, my You know, you, you got you personally got a dub. Oh. My I got I to hey, see hey, no, you, have, you have no idea. It could, it, uh, you have no idea how bad, how bad I needed to go and laugh about something. I, I almost quit sports completely, caring about <laughs> sports. Look, th Kevin, the Grizzlies lost every game. 
the Cowboys lost to the 49ers, and my producer from my local show is a massive 49ers fan. So now, not only do I, that, that is not just a regular loss. That's a loss I have to look at his stupid face for a year <laughs> over. And both of my kids' teams lost over the weekend, including my daughter's team, of which I'm the coach. And so I get and Sunday night, I'm laying in my bed, and I said to my wife, I said, why do I care about any of this? Any of it. I care feel, too much. It feels, like, it feels good to care, though, Chris. Maybe. It didn't this weekend. Well, yeah, you, I, I gotta be honest with you. When, when you care and love, it's it's a good thing to have something to care about and love. You know, even when it's not good and you lose it, and things are bad. It's it's always better to have something to care about because then it when felt you have pretty the, thankless. This I know, weekend, I know, I know. But then when you <laughs> but then when you have those highs, so, someday maybe I have no idea. Not with Dak Prescott as your quarterback or Mike McCarthy as your coach. Bro. Maybe so. Maybe someday the Cowboys will be back to their glory. It's been twenty seven years, Kevin. <laughs> I feel like that old bitch in Titanic. <laughs> it's been nine years. Or whatever she said. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm done with this show. I think our producer, <laughs> Jesse Lopez, our executive producer, is a 49ers fan, so he could go to hell too. Um, <laughs> talk to y'all later this week. Have a good you one. <laughs>